Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of life that you give us. We thank you for all that is good. We thank you for your presence here with us this morning. We ask that you would come and speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. In our gospel reading this morning, Luke tells us that when Jesus was eight days old, Mary and Joseph take him to their local synagogue in Bethlehem to have him circumcised, which was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants. And it was at this ceremony where the Son of God was given the name Jesus. What is so significant about names? Well, in the ancient world, names meant a lot more, I think, than they do today. Uh, we use names to identify people, but very rarely does a name that we give our children or our own names that we've been given mean anything more than just a, a nice-sounding name. Uh, quite often, it, it doesn't have any significance. My name is Benjamin Paul Vanderhyde. Benjamin means son of the right hand, uh, Paul means little, and Vanderhyde means, yeah, Vanderhyde means um, from the, the meadow or from the heather, it's a Dutch word, um, little son of the right hand from the meadow. I'm not sure what that, I'm not really sure what that signifies. I asked my parents about it and they said they just named me Benjamin Paul because it sounded nice. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't really tell you anything about who I am, my character or what I do. But in the Bible, it's very different. Names in the ancient world were, were very significant. Uh, here, here are a few examples. Isaac means laughter. Sarah laughed when she heard the news that she was going to have a child. And Isaac brought great joy to his parents. Jacob means heel, like on your foot. He was named Heel because he grabbed the heel of his twin brother Esau when Esau was leaving the womb. Uh, David means beloved, for God had called him to be a man after God's own heart. Each name reveals who these people are, and in an even greater way, the names of God from the Old Testament reveal who God is and what God does. For example, Elohim means God the Creator. El Shaddai means God Almighty. Elohim means the Everlasting God. El Ropha means the God who heals. Each of these names reveal a different aspect to who God is and what He does. The primary way God reveals himself in the Old Testament, though, is through his covenant name, Yahweh, or I Am. When Moses went up on Mount Sinai, he heard the voice of the living God calling him out of the burning bush. Moses asked, what is your name? And God replied, I am who I am. God revealed himself as I Am. He's telling us that he's eternally present. Yes, God is the God of the past and the future, 
but God is continually present in the present moment. And by revealing himself as I am, God is saying to us, I am for you. I am with you. Everything I have, I'm making available to you. Turn to me and I will give you what you need. The names of God in the Old Testament reveal who God is and what God does, but the most accurate name of God is the name of God's only begotten Son, Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation and manifestation of who God is. When we look at Jesus, we see the living God. When we hear Jesus speak, we hear God speaking. Jesus is the fullness of God's character and nature. The name of Jesus is powerful. When we speak his name, we are not merely talking about a person who lived in the past, which is what I used to think for a very long time, but we are talking about a person in the present. Jesus is God with us, and it is in his name that we experience the presence of the living God. The name Jesus literally means God saves. Every time we call on the name of Jesus, whether we're aware of it or not, we are asking God to save us in every way that we need to be saved. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are asking God to save us from fear. All throughout the Gospels, we see the disciples in situations beyond their control, and they cry out for help, like someone's calling. And his first response, Jesus' first response is, do not be afraid. Friends, Jesus' words have performative power. What he says happens. Whatever you're afraid of, and I know there's a lot to fear these days, bring it to Jesus. And in him, you will find peace for your souls. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are asking God to save us from sin. Saved from the consequences of sin and saved from the power of sin. Sin is not only the things that we do or don't do that break God's law. Sin is the disposition of our hearts. We have inherited a sinful nature from our spiritual grandparents, Adam and Eve. But on the cross, Jesus put our sinful nature to death. He laid down his own life in exchange for ours. And when we call upon his name, we receive new hearts, ones that beat in sync with God's heart. And he teaches us how to live according to and in step with God's spirit. When we call upon the name of Jesus, we are asking God to save us from confusion. There, is so, there are so many voices competing for our attention these days. We're bombarded with distractions that keep us from living by faith. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, listen to him and do what he says, things in life start to become clearer. He is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are asking God to save us from depression and loneliness, bitterness and judgmentalism, addiction and depression, 
we're asking God to save us from the tyranny of ourselves and the endless pursuit of worrying about our lives. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are asking the living God to save us in every way that we need to be saved. And the incredible thing is that when we call on the name of Jesus, something happens to our name. When God called Abraham to follow him, he gave him four promises. He said, I will give you a new land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. God made Abraham's name great. When we try to make our names great, things don't work out very well. This is what the story of Babel is all about. There was one language, all of humanity was working together to build a city, and at the center of the city, they were building a tower as a monument, reaching up to the heavens so that they could make a name for themselves. It's a picture of human society organized around itself without God. But God brought the project to an end out of mercy. He knows what happens when we try to build our lives on a foundation apart from himself. Every kingdom, every nation, every culture that is organized around itself without God eventually falls. And history has proven this. It is God's doing, for he created us for himself. God does not allow humanity to go our own way for too long. And starting with Abraham, God begins to redeem the name of humanity. And then by the end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus promises those who follow him this, I will give you a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Jesus gives us a new name. What do you think your new name is? In the Gospels, Jesus gives Simon a new name, Peter. Peter means the rock. Before the resurrection, Peter is everything but the rock. He's impulsive, speaking out before thinking. He's aggressive. When Jesus is arrested, he cuts off the ear of Malachus, a temple guard. And when Jesus is on trial before the Sanhedrin, Peter denies Jesus three times. But after Jesus rose from the dead and Peter is filled with the Spirit, Peter becomes the person that Jesus saw he would become, solid, steadfast, unmoved by the conflict and the persecution all around him. Jesus gives his followers a new name, a new name that is based on how he sees us, a new name that points to the spiritual gifts and talents that he gives us, a new name that reflects our sanctified character. I wonder what new name he will give us. Faithful gentle, beloved, strong, helper, friend. When we call upon the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, we are safe in God's presence. And he gives us a new name that lines up with the person he is transforming us to be. 
as we enter into this new calendar year, call upon the name of Jesus. Trust in him. Serve in his name. Honor and glorify his name. And may his name always be in your heart and in your mind and on your lips. For there is power and there is protection. And we experience the presence of the living God in the name of Jesus. I came across a prayer of recommitment that I thought would be appropriate for us to pray as a parish. As we enter this new year, I am going to pray it slowly so that you can echo the words in your heart. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to know the real you in all your fullness and glory like never before. I've wandered away from you and have become lukewarm in my walk of faith. I repent for not giving you access to my whole self. Jesus, please fill me anew with your love and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Please renew my strength and faith and restore my hope so that I may know the real you intimately. Jesus, I declare you are my hope and my salvation. My rock and my shelter. My provider and my healer. God with us. I want to dwell in your presence and love all the days of my life. I trust you. Light the fire of your Holy Spirit again in me so that I may taste and see each day that you are good. I dedicate my life anew to you, my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.